what we hope to achieve inside our small group ministry. You know, everyone here, I think, is involved in a small group at some level or another. Uh, so I'll start with by turning to Hebrews chapter 10. It's not a verse on the slide, but we're going to put it up on the slide because we think it's probably is a, is a, a good verse to consider when it comes to Christ-centered relationships with that in the community. And Hebrews uh, 10 verse 19 through 25 says this, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promises is faithful. And let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is in the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. It's a tremendous uh, few verses. If you know anything about the book of Hebrews, it's a, it's a book of exhortation. It's a, book, it's a sermon, actually. At the end of the day, that's what it is. It's a, a very sophisticated sermon. And if you were to work through the, the book of Hebrews, there's one particular phrase that comes through more than anything else. And, and we translate it in English, let us. If you want to know the technical term, it's a poetry subjunctive. Or if you want the non-technical terms, uh, vegetable, vegetable subjunctive. Vegetable subjunctive, you got that one? You remember? Lettuce. Lettuce, lettuce. Let us. And it's always translated let us. And you see here in these verses here, firstly, we have what Christ has done. So we have, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by the new living way, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God. So it's what we call the indicative. It's what Christ has done on our behalf. And then we have the exhortations. And it's three of them. Let us draw near with a true heart of full assurance. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and to good works, not neglecting to meet together. That is the role of a Christ-centered relationship lived down in community. The role, firstly, is that we actually realise that we are in Christ. We have a union in Christ that is inseparable. And our union in Christ is uh, rolled out in community. And uh, every the reason we do small groups... You're not going to go find a command in Scripture to say, go and do small groups. Right? You're just not going to. Well, it's not the 11th command, thou shalt have a small group and prosper thereof. It's not. But we all realise the value of a smaller group meeting together because of the intimacy, because of the uh, integrity that can grow one to another, because of the authenticity. And uh, so as part of Canterbury Gardens, especially as the church grows, especially as we... We move from a small to medium church into a larger church. The value of a small group is going to be essential. Absolutely essential. 
and uh, small group leaders are, are at the end of the day are shepherds they're shepherds of that group and they you know as a leader you, you need to understand the truths of the gospel that's what's in this title I value Christ-centered relationships well you need to value who you are in Christ to start with and I think one of the things that uh, we probably will roll out over the next little while is just this whole uh, understanding of the doctrine of our union in Christ it's something we don't talk about often but it is so essential in leadership to understand who you are in Christ and then how you communicate how you uh, stir up one another in that truth because there, there are ramifications of the, the more as leaders we become in tune with Christ the more we'll be able to lead our groups into stirring one another up in love stirring one another up in unity walking as children of light walking in wisdom walking in love, walking as imitators of God. And, and those things will become second nature as ourselves, as leaders, actually wrestle with the issues of who we are in Christ. And, and that's um, a real central characteristic. And I think right throughout the, the chart here, this is a, this is a, a key, key issue. Another couple of verses. Don't look at 1 Thessalonians 5.11. We're going to put a line through that one. We're going to put a line through 1 Peter 2, 9, 9 to 11 because they don't really uh, capture what it means to value Christ-centered relationships. They're wonderful verses, but they don't really relate to this particular topic. But definitely John 13 and John 15 do. So without looking at what is John 13 and John 15? About 15s are, I'm the wrong. 15s are, uh, similar. look at 15, but 13 is, is, yeah, all men will know you by your loved one, uh, you are my disciple. And, um, sorry, mate. No, you're fine. You're fine. You're led by the Spirit, brother. No, I'm just sort of chucking my Bible on the seat, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, John 15. We want to look at John 15. Uh, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. So once again, our response to loving one another is because Christ has first loved us. So it's the indicative before the imperative. Uh, some are calling this the grammar of the gospel. It's a good way of putting it. We only love because of we have been loved. And as leaders, we need to wrestle with that, understand that afresh. Uh, greater love is no man than this, that someone should lay down his life for his friend. So that's the example of love. And we all know the example of Christ and his love for us. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whenever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you love for one another. Love one another. So we're going to modify this. We're going to put Hebrews uh, 10 up there. We're going to put John 13 and John 14. Is that really 
covers the two critical things because small groups are about loving one another, about steering one another on to good works, about encouraging one another, about having a deep authenticity and uh, those sorts of things that you can only get in a small group. Yeah, you're never going to get it out here on a Sunday morning. Never. And the, the, the life and vitality of church isn't measured here on a Sunday morning. The life and the vitality of the church is measured week in, week out as we rub shoulders with those who we um, shepherd. And uh, so in that regard, you've got this bit of paper here, you've got small group ministry, and you've got some purposes and goals there. We've got the goal and the purpose of small group ministry is to provide an environment for those within the fellowship to grow closer to Christ. Now, I just want to stop there. That's it. If you want one goal, that's it. That's the only goal we have in our small group. We want our people to grow closer to Christ. Because as they grow closer to Christ, they're going to be able to wrestle with the issues of life. Christ must be central in this process. Um, and as we grow closer to Christ, it's a place of great encouragement and great grace. These two things must go hand in hand. Uh, as, as leaders of small groups, we, we need to be thinking about how we relate to those in our groups in a gracious and loving way. It's not about banging people over the heads with a series of rules. That's just horrible. That just destroys people. It's about understanding that, okay, each person inside your group has a different level of maturity, has a different uh, understanding of who Christ is, will have different influences upon their life which will will actually be really counterproductive and actually um, focusing them on the right things and on the, the path of truth. And it's our role as leaders to facilitate that by God's grace and lead and guide and direct through his word. Uh, it's all about ongoing and progressive sanctification. So at times in your group you're going to get a mess, right? At times in your group you're going to get stuff that's really difficult to deal with as you build into people's lives. And you've got to be prepared for that as a leader. And you've got to prepare your group for that as well. Because in, in many ways, a lot of our pastoral care should also be done in our small group. Uh, yeah. Another thing we do is we study the Bible. Now, this is where I've said probably traditionally in Canterbury Gardens, that's been the focus. Okay. And traditionally in small groups, we focus, oh, we just go there to study the Bible. I'm not going to take that away because it's still foundationally important inside a small group, but it's not the only thing that we're looking to achieve. Uh, you know, we, we want to study the Bible. We want to build Christ-centered relationships. We want to pray together. And we want to look to opportunity to serve others and our surrounding community. And that's the missional aspect of small groups. And we need to develop this. We're not good at that. Our small groups are myopic. We're about ourselves in a lot of ways, not often about our community. Sheree's going to talk to that uh, today. So, and then each one's been broken down there. And I'm, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. Uh, you're all here, you all understand. But for, for us to have a realization of this, 
uh, we need to be developing leaders. We need to be leaders who want to be developed as well around the core principles of what it means to shepherd a group and what it means to place Christ at the centre of all those relationships. So we need to be skilled in the area of biblical counsel. As we come in into our groups, we have issues, we point people back to God's word for answers. And uh, sometimes that's not easy. And it requires all of us to actually bounce ideas off one another. Okay, I've got this issue. How do I deal with this? Um, and that will create some authenticity and, and uh, folks that are progressing in their sanctification uh, by the washing of the word and the regeneration of the spirit. Jobs. Cool. Um, any questions for Nate regarding this? Uh, what uh, percentage of the church are eating small At the moment, uh, we have on our database 63%. Uh, the next question is how many regularly attend? Uh, I would say you've probably got 70% of the 63% that are re- in regular attendance. Okay. We've been starting to capture data this year for the first time just to try and determine that. And uh, so, yeah, but we've got yeah 63% of the church is actually tagged in some way to a group, which is really encouraging. We want that to be a lot higher. Again, we'd like to have... But you've probably got um, yeah, about 70% of that 63 that are actually uh, regularly involved. Yeah. And we have a mix of groups. We have some meet fortnightly, some meet weekly. You've got to list them on the back of that yeah. sheet. We... Um Ministry and music that you have to be part of a small group. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Is, do other ministries have that kind of requirement? At least encouraging people to be part of a small group. Not r- across the board. Mm. No. no. I think Sensible idea, but yeah. sometimes you can be a bit legalistic. Okay, I'll join a small group so that I can part of the music ministry. You know, motivation is not but, but yeah. <laughs> for, for small group leadership inside Canterbury, our small group leaders need to be uh, members. Yeah, clearly have to align to the statement of faith yeah. and say, yeah, okay, we we affirm that, mm-hmm. and uh, that, that's a primary. But what we're trying to do also is develop each small group to have under shepherds, mm-hmm. so shepherds and under shepherds with the, the goal that the under-shepherd will pick up a group and run with it. Um, and that's the other thing that we, we uh, I think we struggle with here, is splitting up a group for the sake of splitting up. <laughs> we, we like to have that familiarity, and I get that, because that's part of the authenticity and part of the trust element. But we need also groups that have a vision to actually, no, we're okay to meet together with the, to grow and then to split and grow and split and grow. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Best being attacked by the blind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's fix it. Yeah. So that, that, that's that's part of it. Um, part of the process. We've done this year with the Wednesday group that's been handed over to Scott and Disney, and we'll start another group probably next year. So we'll split and grow. Um, I think Paul and Mel's group are thinking about a splitting and growing at the moment. Potentially can signal maybe. So. 
got that sort of stuff coming on. You didn't know about that, did you? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So those sorts of things are, are good. Can I ask, um, is there things in the online which um, we need to change about our small groups at the moment to be, to take people off of more of the characters as a way to sort of things off? I think it's a commitment of the leadership of small groups to get involved in some training. I think that, that's a big thing. Uh, I think at the end of the day we just tend to run, some small group leaders just run it in isolation. And so it's about this training and it's about you know, identifying under shepherds and, and training those people on as well. It's just we just need to be that and, and especially to encourage one another around the things of Christ. I talked about the doctrine of a unity with Christ, a union with Christ. That would be something I would think would be really helpful for all our leadership, just to get to grips with that and understand the dynamic of that and how that rolls out in practical application. So it's all good. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's some of the things. Yeah. But I'm incredibly thankful for the group that we have. I mean, we're blessed by many people who are leading but I think we can do quite a lot better if we really sit down and say okay this is a primary ministry and I think that's I think the elders want people to know this is a primary ministry and maybe it means you strip away other other responsibilities and focus on this ministry and you know maybe maybe it comes to that um, traditionally, we've had couples leading small groups, yep. which I think is good. But I was just wondering, is there a place for single people in this kind of small group ministry? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, if we've got, uh, for instance, our, you know, our youth ministry, that, that we've got singles leading that presently. Um, yeah, I, I don't. It doesn't have to be a couple. You know? you know, like. Uh, Beck help, you know, thankfully leads the woman small group by herself because she would, she would be useless. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, there's no... Uh, and, and if people are interested in leading one, like you said, a single person who might be a female who might be sitting in this meeting who might be interested in leading a small group, best thing to do is have a chat today. And, yeah. uh, yeah. <laughs> and talk through the processes and yeah are there any uh, small groups operating with the high school yes so they're not listed on there no that, that came in after this yeah, yeah we, we've been um, so Michaela Ollison has picked one up yeah. around August so they, they just made the list it didn't make the, the August come off they meet here at the church fortnightly so Michaela, Sam, and who else helps that? There's a few of the, yeah, Ethan Suter's been there. So there's a few of the youth leaders, basically, taking them. Picking up the high school group. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, previously it was um, Kylie was doing one, and who was the guy that was doing the other? Uh, it was James. James Manette, wasn't it? James was doing it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's all. Not happening now. So, yeah, so in previous years that... That split through music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that some of them are sort of operating in silos. Hmm. Is, what is there a plan to show 
at least have some com- commonality between them so that it's not splits itself. It's been a plan for six years. It's there. Sometimes tradition is difficult to break down. Yeah. Okay. See, one of the common things, and this is, has been a change in the last six years, is we've really encouraged more groups to to be in line with what we're doing in the pulpit on Sunday because we think that's really important. We think it's really important that we're doing stuff here, we're using God's word openly, and it's good for our groups to be back in and doing that. What has happened in the last little while, people have really loved some of the stuff we've done on the pulpit, either First Peter or Ephesians, and they're still doing it. That's <laughs> three years ago. <laughs> so that's happening. So I think there needs to be a little bit more of a realignment there, potentially. Um, yeah, but that's okay. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's, okay. that's fine. I guess I'm more... Um, I'll have to take more of a pessimistic view. How do you ensure that... And I'm not saying this is happening at all, yeah. but sort of some bad doctrines and things start to come in and you get these little groups that start to think one way and, and end up becoming yes. very separate. That's why we insist on everyone, firstly, who's in leadership to have signed a statement of faith. Right? But secondly, we just got to keep our head on the ground. If we hear something, then I'll go and address it, particularly with that person, with the leader, and say, you know, just tell me what's happening here. I've had to do that a couple of times. But, um, yeah, so we're, we're, we're reliant on word of mouth. People say something, then we'll go and chase it down. But, yeah, we've got to let also people shepherd because we want to put people in small groups who are mature in their faith. And you want to um, allow them to have the freedom to just express their gift and, and um, you know, minister in that group. But you're right, you're, you're always open to that. You're always open to perhaps a little group there that goes out and starts disputing the deity of Christ. Mm. Oh, <laughs> oh, God. Well, yeah. You know, but, but, but you're always, there is stuff. Or, Becoming too strong around some particular eschatological view, or as a debate about Arminianism, Calvinism, splitting <laughs> the things apart, you know. Who would do that? Who would do that? <laughs> that we, we save that for the men's group yeah, on Tuesday mornings. <laughs> um, I wonder about the knowing laugh, actually. Yeah. <laughs> We've had a bit of fun with that recently. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see it potentially becoming a bigger problem as you have more small groups, yeah. the church grows. That's why the training is essential. Yeah. Because the training then also gives the leadership, the eldership, um, an understanding of what this, what people are like, you know, mm. and what's really driven, driving and ticking. So. Another thing that can happen about that too, and, and we've all agreed that this is a good thing, mm. is that if there's something going on in groups, that can actually be shared, discussed. What happens in those situations? How do we deal with that situation? Mm. What approach do we take? What's the, who's the person we go to and how do we work with that? How do we deal with that particular person too? Mm. Where if you're a bit isolated by yourself, you know, well, something's going on, but I'm not quite sure what to do yeah. So, there's a system that, that would work well in the area. So, the, the, you said there was a bit of a cultural backlash, maybe, against... Is it, is it a sense that the pastors or the eldership leaders are trying to impose too much on the small group and not give them enough freedom? Or, no, that's oh, I think it's the opposite, to be quite okay. honest. Uh, I think it's sometimes even an unteachable spirit, see? Okay. Um, yeah. And that's just our tradition. Mm. Like I, I've well, worked, the present thing is very... Yeah, I've worked in a church where, you know, it's 3,000 strong and I was involved with small group ministry and it was totally different to mm. the, the culture that we have here. Training was the norm. Mm. 
that was the norm for all your small group leaders. You had, you know, you had 60 small group leaders come together for training almost every two months mm-hmm. because they understood that. They understood that we need to be praying together, we need to be ministering together, we need to be sharpened together. And, and that's, that's part of the process. And I think, unfortunately, in our tradition, we, we, we are fiercely independent. Mm. And we have a skewed view of the priesthood of all believers. I won't go any further. <laughs> so you mentioned that the small group should be the place where um, most of the pastoral care is happening. Yeah. Um, but my guess is that most of the leaders of our small groups haven't actually been trained in pastoral care. Um, look, I think generally the pastoral care is going okay in some of those areas. Yeah, trained, you're right. They're not probably formally trained around maybe how do I open God's word and address this need of anxiety? How do I go and do that? Probably not, but I think practical pastoral care is actually pretty strong amongst our small groups. I think if there's a physical need uh, or something like that, then it gets met quite and we don't even hear about it. Like us pastors, we probably don't even hear about it. The stuff just goes on. And that's tremendous. That's the way the body works. Um, but yeah, you're right. So there is an element of training and probably in more of the, the spiritual, um, biblical counsel type of area. And that would be part of the training blocks. Okay, well, so okay, how would you deal with this particular issue of depression, for instance, if, if you've got someone in your group that's ongoing and suffering this? You know, and it may be just being able to identify it and then say, hey, well, I need to talk to the pastors about this so we can get involved. And that's that's more to the point of being able to identify it and say, hey, okay, how can we get some resources in to help? Because we're not going to have all the answers, right? Uh, we're gonna, we've got different levels of maturity, different levels of skill in that, and we can at least help the body. I guess part of the is to probably thinking picking up from Luke's point, so up here is what traditionally, so in many ways in a sense what we have is a church that in some sense we've all inherited right, so this is what we believe our statement of faith, and we go straight to here, right, we run small groups uh, and we run independently and we do our thing and that's fine, but what's happening now is we're trying to think through who are we and if we're talking about small groups, we might not be talking about small groups in the traditional way of what we thought. So there's a DNA change, and that's going to take time for some people because they haven't been on the journey or they're so used to their business since day dot of the church, and so that's what they've always done. Um, so some will grab this 
and start doing that and some might just take some time or it'll just go through its cycle right eventually <laughs> that small group has been around for 22 years it will die down to two or three people and it's just part of it and so I think one of the key things take away you can be as a prayer point be praying for each that list that you've got there the small groups praying for the small groups praying for each other uh, encouraging Nath as well as he, he's kind of developing this even more and particularly um, as you develop this sort of blocks and leadership training and so on that's going to be key um, you know if you've got people that you're aware of you think oh it might be a good small group leader come and chat to Nate like mm, you know we were always looking for good small group leaders you might know people that you might have you considered her or you considered him or you know because I think the list of those who aren't attending is about a hundred strong mm. No, it's about 100 people inside the media on a Sunday morning that aren't attached to a small group. You know, so we say 63%, we've got 100 out there that aren't attached. Yeah. So there's lots of opportunity to yeah. grow groups. How much of that do you reckon young families? Sorry? How much of that do you reckon young families? Young families with young children. Young families, how many do you reckon that would be? Uh, a large portion, actually. That, that's probably, yeah. that, and that's something we're trying to address at the moment. We're looking at a different strategy around how do we get mum and dad, young kids who really struggle to get out at a night, how can we facilitate a different we time? We still don't go to this. Lil and I don't go to Bible study together. No. Not tonight. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's weekly, but we go fortnightly because one has to stay home. Yeah. And with Nina and Babies, it's the music ministry and other stuff. Just the, the do, you Skype, do you Skype in when you're not We there? used to, but we don't anymore. Yeah. Internet connection issues. It just got, it actually became a big distraction. Yeah. So, okay. um, it, when it worked, it was good, but it doesn't work anymore. Um, so, yeah, the, the burden of babysitters gets too high. Yeah. And, but we get to go every other week, which yeah. is still you know, better than nothing. That's working reasonably well in our group because we have a number of seems to be fairly effective because there's still that sense of community. Yeah. So that's one of the things you can encourage for young families is uh, joining a group that's like that already where the expectation is it's okay for yeah. dad to come one week and mom to come the next week. Well, what we're trying, we're going to try next year, hopefully, and I'll tell you about this one, Paul, is that um, we've got a group here with all young mums. We're trying to get a, a group leaders in there to grab the young dads as well. So young mums come on Friday lunchtime and uh, we want them to pick up the dads of that group and form another group sometime during the week and then every every three or four weeks meet together on a weekend. So that's that's what we're going to try and pilot next year. We'll see how it goes. And mm. we're, we're talking to a couple that are potentially going to lead that but haven't had the yes or no yet, so I'm not telling you who it is. Mm. <laughs> Should we? No problem. <laughs> no. Not me. No. <laughs> You've got enough to do, have you? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and that's why we also, one of the key things is if you know people, we want to develop them, and so chat to Nate or me, any of the pastors will be able to work that out. But I just want to quickly, because I'm now of time, is just want to um, keep this in mind as we talk about that. Um, something that's been helpful for me. Let me get my stuff out of the way. Is that your stuff? Well, it's not the forks. I have nothing to do with forks. They're all over my garden, mostly. Um, <laughs> you know, all over his garden. Oh, God. Yes. 
Oh my god. Are they buying under the full class? Yeah. Are they buying under the full class? Ah, so one of the things about um, small groups we just talked about, alright, there's probably three things that make a good small group or growing small group. So we've talked about this idea of being a Christ centered. So Christ, this is where we come and, you know, uh, read, um, we might study. Uh, you know, we apply and then we pray, you know, through the Bible and encourage one another to follow Jesus and study the Word. And then there's community, right? This is where, you know, at the moment it'll most probably look like, you know, whether uh, once a week or it's fortnightly, however your small group is set up. Um, that's part of it, which is great, but the thing that we want to keep growing in in regards to small group ministries is this idea of. Uh, Christ community and then mission. Okay, so as Christ is growing, Christ and his love for him through his word and growing that, as community is going to happen and caring for one another, loving one another, uh, mission should. Okay. Sorry, Mission should be flowing out uh, from that. Now, in regards to mission, uh, it's not just you know, um, it's loving and serving one another, but who are the non-Christians around you um, being sent out? So traditionally, Canterbury has been more of an events-based church, so which we'll still have, right? We'll still have Christmas in the backyard, we'll have all those events. It's always driven into the Sunday, um, but imagine for a moment, from Monday to Friday, as people are loving each other, loving the Lord, loving one another, and joining the mission. Um, and some small groups are starting to do that. Um, we're still starting to serve as really encouraging, but eventually we want to see that growing so that everyone just sees, hey, I'm, I'm not just here to study the Bible, we're on a mission together. And that will look different for different people. So it might be people who don't know Jesus, it might be just loving and serving neighbours, um, it might be, you know, practically thinking about all the non-Christians that everyone in that group knows that work and just start committing to praying for them. You know? And that kind of hopefully will run off the time. So... I'm just putting this out there now and hopefully in time we're going to keep developing that and that will be coming back to the training and so on um, for those who are interested in yeah. any comments or questions yes ma'am then Luke um, how are we going to balance the events and the, and the I guess day to day outreach because um, I know that like just, your schedule just gets so busy. Yeah. So I really like, I really love the like, the idea of being more mission focused in the school. It gets awesome. But how do we balance everything and still kind of with our lives? Yeah. So um, do you want to unpack that a bit more? So meaning how much your commitment with church things and the big events, mm. and then that distracts you from your mission? Are we, I guess I'm asking, are we going to keep doing the events that we're doing and then also... Uh, focus on, I guess, day-to-day evangelism and reaching out, yep. or are we going to scale back on our events and kind of shift the focus of the church to a more everyday mission or kind of thing? Like, smaller scale events that are like a small group. So, one of the things I would say we want to move towards that, it will take time um, just because of the history of our church and where we've been Bye-bye. Um And it will also mean that um, Scaling back, partly it will be a personal thing. People will have to work out. I want mission. This is priority. 
like signing up to heaps of events, you know, like I don't think any of the leaders here would say be busy in all the events that we run and don't do mission for Jesus. Uh, we would rather you do that. Um, and so we have to, as a church in our calendar, to think through um, are we also putting so much on your plates as leaders that it's stopping you from being a mission? Um, we're doing that, but we didn't really have to do anything that it's a bit of a process still. Yeah. Good. I just wondering if you've got like examples of what other maybe other churches or whatever where that's happening and what it actually looks like in like real world concrete examples. Um, so here in Australia, there's probably the ones that I know personally um, are probably three or four churches who are doing that, and there's all different scales of it. So you've got guys who've just gone hardcore and said we're scrapping everything, like. And have kids ministry, they have young adults, youth, any of those things, and God, this is we're going to all be a family, we'll be on mission. And that's how they do that, right? Uh, then we've got those that are more uh, in between. They'll still have the programs and so on. Um, uh, and then some who will just go, okay, small groups is ultimately where we will do develop this. So that's part of the training, the equipping. Uh, some groups become like interest groups, so they'll find like the whole group of them are city workers, so they're all in the same small group together and they'll meet once a week in the city to pray for each other, pray for the workplace, and then that becomes and they're gathered together once a week to you know, that kind of thing. So there's a way, different creative ways of doing it. There's different models in the States, but it's a different context. Um, I think that we can borrow some things about all so, what would a specific outreach? I mean, it's easy to say, all right, Christians in the backyard, we've got a whole bunch of non-Christians come, someone gives a gospel message, yeah. there's the gospel presented. Yeah. In that model, how is the gospel actually presented to non-Christians? That's, I guess, the sort of asking. So, so, over your meal table, it's over your... It's so, because, it brings it's, people into the small group, or yeah, yes. going to someone's house and doing the garden, that kind of thing? Both. both. Okay, like that. So, that's like, that's the kind of thing. Yeah, yeah it's both. It's both. I'm just letting you know... We don't know the gospel yet, so somebody should come to our house. There is something really troubling about that statement. Let me try and think about what's troubling about that statement. <laughs> so I would say both. Yeah. Um, I've never thought about small groups in that way. That's really interesting. So if we're going to gardening, that that makes sense. Like, yeah. But I never thought about bringing non-Christians into the small group and, you know, so there's a, I don't know if you've seen this, right? You've probably seen the Ingle Scale of Evangelism. It's been around for years. The Ingle Scale of Evangelism is this I picture of they are 0 to 10, you know. You, you, here's someone who doesn't know Jesus, then you bring them down to faithful follow-up. But things have changed in our world. Most people are over here, minus whatever. They're not even here thinking about God and who God is. So to perform and get there, you need these sort of steps of relational friendship, being on mission together, and this is where you can do that. Um, and then, so Christmas in the backyard is sort of the part of this journey, or an alpha course. A few things need to happen before that happens. But if your small group, for example, turned around and said, hey, there's five of us who are gotten five non-Christian friends, we're going to pray for them this year, we're going to try to engage with them, 
and our small group is going to run an alpha course. I'd be very surprised if any of us turn around and said, you're not allowed to do that. Like, you know, because that's part of the extension. Well, John needs to go to the alpha course. <laughs> yeah. And say, so, like, you know, it might be young narratives and families, you know, like there's, yeah. So it'll take time. Well, I think part of it, I mean, if at the small group level, we can be praying yeah. through who those um, people are together yeah. and encouraging one another. Yeah. Yeah. But then uh, as a church, I mean, one of the things we could do is a practical, hands-on series on just, you know, ways to share the gospel with your neighbor uh-huh. and, 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 and put that together. Um, I confess I'm too busy uh, in the church probably. And I, mean, I can think right now of, of three neighbors of ours that there are opportunities and doors to spend some time with them. If I could just have the time. put aside the time yeah. to yeah. spend with them. And, uh, and there would be ways to interact with them right now and just grow a relationship. And who knows where the Lord would take that. I mean, I'm not going to... Um, Get my Bible out and read John three sixteen the first time. Uh, you know, the next step in the journey. Yeah, 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 that probably isn't where it would go, right? The first time, but there's they, they all know I go to church. They all know we're involved actually in Christian ministry because we've had yeah. little chats and stuff like that. Oh, what probably in Australia and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's actually amazing opportunities. It might be just as easy as just saying, "Hey, I'm going to have Canadian pancake and breakfast. Come on over." Yeah, but so you got to have the time and the energy. Yeah, that's right. Because you might have just finished another week where you just been yeah. too busy. Yeah. 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 So, so partly it comes back to this, right? Mm-hmm. If Christ forms your life, that shapes everything, including how you rest and you know all that. So, there's a training in theology that will need to be shaped for all small group leaders currently, and then in the future. And then the community, I think, in some sense, we do that because that's as you know, a small group long term community will develop and caring and loving one another. And then the mission aspect will, there'll be always be a step back. Like this. Do the small ripplers know this yet? Some do. Some do. Yeah. Some have, have some we haven't had to do because they're excited to do it. Yeah. Because this is happening, right? This is growing. They're just doing it. Yeah. Other difficulties have been grouping Nathan, for example, has wanted to hold I and mean, then obviously what we've demanded that they can't. That's a difficulty in itself. So like the tree before the other was lost mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in that sense. So. Yes, I guess on that, there's there seems to be quite a resistance in our church to come up to training things. Do you guys have any ideas what we can do about that? <laughs> uh, I think two things would be really helpful is um, I think pray, obviously. And I think there's a difference between one of us saying we'd like you to come to training. And then us, you guys helping us with that. So in that, yeah, hey, you're going to train. It'd be great to see you. I'm going. You should come. Um, you know, it's like um, I think that would be really helpful. Um, and look, like with any training, not everyone's going to come. I think that for us, it's probably more to key people that will be there. We're more interested in investing in the key people who are going to live this out. You know, whatever. You know, like, and then invest into them because that will eventually want to lot out because that's. That's what happens, right? That's what God said in His Word. That's gospel. Do you guys sit in on the new songs? See what's going on? Yeah. Feel good. I haven't been for a long time. Right? So, no. Probably occasionally, but because I've been running one for most of this year, I haven't got out as much as I would like to. 
but now I've moved that on to Scott and Desley. I hope to get around in the early New Year, particularly. Yeah, yeah. yeah you I've done that to some, but you know, I haven't been to your guys one, for instance. So I'm not sure what the heresy is going on there. No, no, I get that. I get that to Stephen Fresh. I've knocked on the door many times. <laughs> but I do have my spies here. So. <laughs> So, yeah, I've been to some, but I don't. Yeah. Cool. Any last comments, questions? I just want to share a quick video and then we're done. You look like you're a bad boss in the print. Oh, no, I, I was just thinking, well, it was years ago when small group ministry at the church that started sending church in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, maybe it's even the difference in almost 30 years. Uh, I remember us doing a small group Saturday event like for all the leaders. It was pretty well attended on that occasion, but I don't think it was a kickoff for the for the year again. So it's the kind of thing you would do in Canadian terms. You'd typically do that in September sure. somewhere as the school year kicked off and people got off with their summer vacations and stuff. Yeah, but, and, and really kind of really amped it up. Really, You don't expect them to come up with something else for the next few months for, for small group coordination, but, but it's something to kick off the year. Um, and get all the small group leaders together. Um, and it was, you know, something that was over lunch as well. And so you had, had a morning and afternoon over lunch. Okay. If, what, it, yep. Okay. Well, last one, and we're done. So this is just a video of. Someone that's sort of doing it's in the stage, you gotta remember the context, but um, I just like the visual of how they've sort of put it together. Many Christians get together regularly in what they call small groups, where they pray together, study the Bible, encourage and have a meal together. This is a good thing. But then they often go off all by themselves to share the gospel with their friends, and many times they come back very discouraged because they aren't very effective. But Jesus never sent his disciples off by themselves. He sent them out in pairs. And the Apostle Paul went on a mission with a whole team. That's because Jesus told us it's by our love for one another that the world will know that we are his disciples. I encourage a group of people to be a community on mission or a missional community where they love one another and are sent together to a group of people. We want this group to see this community of people loving one another because it's by our love for one another that they'll be able to see that the gospel changes us. This could look a number of different ways. It could be a party that we throw and invite some of our friends to attend. It could also be a few of us going to a party that others throw. It could be us inviting some people we know to come serve others with us so that they can see our love in action. Either way, we want to get people who love Jesus to love one another in the midst of a group of people who don't know the love of Jesus. Jesus' intent is for us to be a community on mission, not a bunch of individuals on mission all alone.
let me pray for us. And uh, Lord Jesus, we commit to you these things that we've talked about. Um, there's a great element that until we grapple and grasp the good news of the gospel in our own hearts and minds, what it means and how we're shaped by this truth. Um, until those things are happening, you know, we can't have small groups that are um, on the community and that mission, Lord. Uh, so would you um, change us? We rejoice in already what you're doing. We thank you for the many men and women who do serve at Canterbury in these ministries. We pray for more. We pray that you would extend that. We pray for the leaders. pray for Nate, for wisdom, as he shapes that. I pray that you continue to lead us in your spirit. Amen. 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 Sure.